Dutch is a lifelong early adopter and trend discoverer. Chris is a philosopher, engineer, and futurist. Together, they are oddly incorrect. Hey. Hey. There he is. <laughs> I'm Sorry. here. Sorry, I'm late. Are you late? Oh, yep. three, three minutes. minutes. Get... So you gonna, how are you going to make that up to me? <laughs> three minutes, I'm never going to get back. Nope. nope. You're never going to get back those three minutes. Sorry. You, you can, it is what can. it is. That's the problem with time. It only goes in one direction. If you believe well, that. If you believe that, yes. <laughs> I wish time would go in different directions. It does go in different directions. Really? What direction does it go in? Are you it, telling me that there, there's no such thing as time's arrow? It doesn't really. Uh, it's a multi. So, so I know you read books. Let me see if I can remember. Oh, I like one. that. I know you read books. Who doesn't? <laughs> well, I haven't read a lot of books here in probably really. Much. I, thought, six years. I listen. I, thought, I listen way more than I read. Way oh yeah. more. Mm-hmm. Um, Edward, listen, Edward, Edward T. Hall. I can't remember if it's the hidden dimension that he's got two or three of. But one of them is specifically on the anthropological look pinnings of time. He's got he's, his time wheel has eight segments. Eight, I think, segments mm. in it. So there's all kinds of different times. There's sacred time and there's chronological time. And chronological time is probably the most modern version of time because, it, and this is, I'm, I'm stretching because this is like 25, over 25 years ago. Um, because that's on a clock. I mean, clocks, clocks, you know, they were developed for priests to kind of figure out what time of day to make their prayers. Really? Yep. Oh, that's interesting. I'm sure the Chinese had a different reason, but the actual clock, I mean, they had timekeeping devices, devices, but the chimes and all that kind of stuff, that was to, as a call to prayers. Oh, I didn't know that. See, I have a book that you can read. <laughs> I think I do it's like in there. I do like reading books. This is true. Well, this is this was one. Remember me telling you about getting unhinged in time? When, yeah, when yeah, 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 yeah. Well, this would this book, it, the book itself didn't do it, but trying to synthesize all of it, that's what unhinged me. I'm like, I was freaked out. I, I, I was, in fact, I'm trying to come to terms with that and a couple of other things that happened in my life that totally freaked me out, and I've never gone back to figure out. You should go back and revisit revisit it. And I know, get unhinged I'm, again. <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. I'm trying to get back in the headspace that'll put me there. I guess it's like a mushroom trip without the mushrooms. Is that yeah, what you're saying? Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I guess I never had a mushroom trip. So <laughs> you tell me all about it. I don't know anything about it either. I was just, I just read, I just read stuff, right? Of read yeah, experiences you, of other people going through these things. Yeah, instead of having them yourself, I totally understand. Yeah, that, yeah. That's how I. That's how I experienced sex. Well, you know, Michael Pollan who wrote uh, The Omnivore's Dilemma. I just saw him announce that he's supposed to be speaking up here pretty soon. Oh, really? Okay. Well, he does live in, the, he does live in Berkeley or something like that. Anyway, he's, uh, he's written a bunch of books, right? So he, he's written books on food. He's written books on caffeine. I don't know if you've got that on Audible. There's a, he's got a miniseries on Audible called Caffeine, where he posits that the only reason the human race is where it is today is because of coffee. 
because the oh, caffeine, caffeine caffeine alters our brain chemistry and it's almost like the moment they discovered things with caffeine that's when sort of we, we revved up off. yeah things took off so uh his latest thing is how to change your mind and he's uh experiment he's dabbling with psychedelics mm -hmm. dabbling dabbling in psychedelics and at one point during his dabbling uh he got a uh he got diagnosed with some heart problem right. so he couldn't continue so the rest of the book had to be written with uh, uh descriptions or interviews of people who've been through right it. so it's almost like you're getting a third hand if you're reading this book <laughs> and then he's telling this they're telling the stories of the experiences they had and stuff like that but apparently that uh it's supposed to really open that i mean there's a that's a new thing now right micro microdosing Microdosing mushrooms or something like that. Apparently, it's a yeah, big deal I've around here. Yeah, I've heard of microdosing, but I didn't. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 like microdosing caffeine. It's it's a microdosing. So that's a that's a thing. It's a microdosing. It's, you only get a little bit. I'm like, okay. Yeah. So a little bit of arsenic is good. I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, anything that doesn't kill you makes you stronger, right? So doesn't that no, isn't that no, like an antibiotic? It. I need to go back to that quote because there's more to that quote than that than that thing. I don't think he meant. I don't think he means it the way we do. So really? I I, I I ran across it many years ago. I was listening to a great courses on uh, Frederick Nietzsche, and you'd think with rhetoric, I would I would have known more about him, but I don't. I I, I guess I our professor didn't put much stock in him or something, um, and it seemed like. They were talking in that course how he's been misinterpreted on some things, and I, but I can't say that definitively because I can't really remember. I I just need to find the quote because I think it's more expansive than what we say it is. Anyway, um, where's that going? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> oh well, I'm rudderless. I'm rudderless. Okay, so Mr. Rudder, please tell me what we're going to talk about today. Oh, I, I, you think I have a list? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let me look at my I, okay, list. Let so me look at my I'll, list. Let me look at my list. I'll let me admit, look at my list. So I didn't let the Patriots win this morning. So let me let me jump over there and see what the topic of the day is. Oh, Go I can ahead. tell I'm you. Listening. I can tell you. I do, I do have a list. Apparently, I do have a list. Apparently, you have a list. Apparently, I have a list. Well, I I told you I was banned from YouTube, right? Right. Well, yeah. you, no, you told me you got first strike, but you mean you got another one? I got, well, no, I, yeah, I got two. Well, I already had a strike. Oh, for, no. You rebel. Yes. Ah, I, uh, uh, I can't associate with you anymore. You're going to ruin my reputation. I was talking about, I was talking about masks at the Super Bowl. Uh, and then I happened to talk about masks again. And I got a second strike, which means I had a one week suspension from YouTube. Uh -huh. And it's all about medical disinformation. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, okay, I guess I can't talk about masks anymore. But I did. Uh, it is very, masks still are very handy, though, for identifying the Democrats, right? Right. I mean, that's the one thing. And not just Democrats, sort of like the pliable minds, right? The, yeah, the, the uh, useful the, idiots. The uh, uh, NFCs. Yeah. Or NPCs. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> non-player yeah the program non-player characters yeah yeah that's it it's the algorithm it's, yeah. it's they're good for the algorithm yeah and it's also they're also great for hiding uh antifa right, right. so they can exactly. hide their hide their identity that's when why they're... they 
That's why the politicians want it, or at least one strain of politicians wants the mask put back in place so that they can get out there and, and riot with impunity. Yeah, but they can probably wear masks anyway, right? Yeah, so they, it's they a, wore the hoodies, all yeah. kinds of stuff. So now it's normal, right? It's gotten to the point where they've normalized. Yeah, we won't Max think any, and we won't think of any as and and you know we're not that good at describing eyes. You know, he's yeah. got a long nose. Well, he's got blue eyes. That's, that's as far as we get. And squinty, maybe. Yep. Yeah. Squinty blue eyes. Okay. There's a billion people with squinty blue eyes. I didn't well, narrow it down any. Yeah, I mean, it basically, actually, if you think about it, on the on the flip side, it does ruin facial recognition algorithms. Oh yeah. So if you're a freedom, <laughs> if you're a freedom advocate, you'd want to wear a mask because that way you can. Yeah, but the freedom advocates say we don't need facial recognition ever. Yeah. Uh, you're you're losing the battle. You're losing a battle, a more important battle by by putting on the mask and saying I'm going to defeat the algorithm. You need to not have the algorithm to start with. Oh yeah, absolutely. Or well, apparently they're planning its use. Apparently they're planning on bringing in those facial recognition algorithms here in San Jose. Oh, yeah. They're gonna. They're just gonna blanket the city with cameras and bring in the face. It's going to be like China. It's going to. So it, you've we're seen, turning you've into seen, China. You've seen Person of Interest, haven't you? The TV show. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, great, yeah, the, great the, show. Yeah, I, I loved it until they changed uh, the main the the the. The black character went over to Dynasty, and uh, not Dynasty. What was it? Empire. It, yeah, until she went over to Empire. After that, I, I I don't know the chemistry left or something. I don't know what to say about that. I just no, that, I they were, they were the really good. They're really good uh, ensemble cast. Yeah. And then when you when you make that kind of change, sometimes it just all falls apart. It and just, I think that's it what happened. Never, it never caught my interest again. I guess. Yeah, but that I mean, so. if the whole concept behind that is basically where we're going. Yeah, right. especially where we are, we just didn't know. Yeah, well, it's it's once again another example of them telling us exactly what they're going to do while they're doing while it. they're doing it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so pre-programming. Yeah. So how much of this stuff? How much of the stuff that we see in the mainstream media is actually just the truth packaged as fiction? Oh, I, I I would imagine like nearly every scientific break, breakthrough is them them weeding them finding an inventor and giving him like the seeds of the invention so that he can construct it and they can say he's the creator. Right. I, I think it's probably more than we than we know. I'm I mean, we're pretty much a dumb. Uh, without caffeine, we're really dumb. So, <laughs> so you think uh, Bezos and Musk and all those really, really high-level millionaires or billionaires? Yeah, they they were selected. Yep. Yeah. So somebody yep. gave them the ideas to do what they're doing, and then they well, they, they didn't that, just luck they, out. They may have entered. They've been like a, so. Look at like um, how they selected AOC, and I kind oh. I kind of go with this. For that they will they will look at somebody in their within their bloodlines because they don't trust them if they're not outside the bloodlines or if they're outside the bloodlines they find somebody that will resonate with with people and I'm sure they test them from kids you know like winners of uh, beauty contests mm. you know to be a celebrity at a celebrity level you've got to prove that you can sway the masses somehow 
So if you're beautiful, you're you're you got to step up. But if you're a talent, like Americans talent is kind of subverting the whole the whole uh, um, talent finding industry, right? There, so there, there. It's like uh, the Arthur Godfrey, Arthur Godfrey talent show. Remember him? Sounds familiar. Is yeah, that the same guy yeah. who does the ballroom dancing? No, no, not uh, Arthur Godfrey's like dead years ago. He was. Oh, I got another. I got two movies for you, but I got another one. Okay. There's a call. There's an Andy Griffith movie with Patricia Patricia Neal, and and who's the other one? I'm trying to think. There's, there's, at any, any rate, the story is he's Andy Griffith started out and he was, he was arrested in a, uh, like a southern town, put in jail, but he's a singer songwriter type guy mm-hmm. with homespun wisdom. So it's like a convert, convert, um, what am I trying to say? A conflict, conflated, yeah, conflict, conflation. Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. Conflation of will. Uh, Rogers and Arthur Godfrey, mm-hmm. and he becomes a big radio star with political influence. See, that's mm-hmm. the key part: is how he, how another face in the crowd, how they found him, and how he gets promoted up the thing mm-hmm. uh, to become like he is a kingmaker. For if you go, if you go on his show, you're more than likely you get elected. Interesting. So it's it's a really good one. I'll, the other one is um, it's a very interesting twist with Jason Statham and Jet Li. And I'm I, I'm at the end. I'm like I got this thing figured out except for one thing. How can they let? How can they both be good guys? <laughs> so I'm trying to figure out which one's going to die. And I mean, right at right at the, you don't know until like the last five minutes which mm-hmm. one is going to prevail. And I'll keep that quiet okay but don't don't good, tell it's me it's a good movie when it, when you see it um because it's a it's a takeoff of several several movies and I, i'm sitting there watching it hmm, i've seen this. this this is familiar what's the name of the movie war war yep jason statham and jet lee it's a very simple title it's, <laughs> it's a very simple title but it's 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 really well done uh, I yeah. thought they did a very good job because they had me. I'm like, like I said, usually I can kind of figure out which way it's going, but about 15 minutes before, after it's been after it's been running, I figured out what the plot line and what the what the frame was. I'm like, which one is going to be the 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 good guy? Because you know, you're there's there they left a, they left out a few things for to make the twist work that you don't really know. So mm-hmm. anyway. Well, so I think you, got, you definitely have something to the whole visually good looking uh, oh, yeah. thing, because I think that's, I think that's, uh, I don't know you, how they measure. So, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. You, you, you fit in some kind of mold. Now, I, I mean, have you met any actual celebrities in real life? The only one I can say I ever really met was, um, ooh, he was secretary of state for Bush, mm-hmm. Bush one. Mm-hmm. When I was in graduate school, I'm trying to think of his name right now. Maybe he's a press secretary. I forget. Press secretary, probably more likely. I need to look at Lawrence. No, not Lawrence Eagleburger. I have to go back. But he's the only one. He was, and what? And I, I guess I'm so sensitive to power. It's 
I had to make myself go talk to the guy. Oh, really? I mean, because I, I guess it's one of those things, you know, I am, I don't like to use power much. Mm. You know, my, my sister said, well, use your leadership skill on your mother. And I'm like, no, I, I don't think I want to use that <laughs> on my mom. <laughs> well, to get her to do something, get it, you know, she needs to do this. I understand. But I, if I can't do it with persuasion, I'm not going to make her do it. I, I'm just not, I, I, that goes against my, my belief system, I guess, making people do something. I, I'll lead them up to the water, but I don't stick their head in the water, you know? Right. Right. So, yeah, I do believe uh, where I was going was there's something on, there used to be something on, on, on TV celebrities, on news, on news people, they used to do something called, I think it's called a cube. It's how many, how many watchers you accumulate and you have a score so they can look at who's got a higher cube than you do. What's it called? Cume? C-U-M-E. C-U-M-E. Hmm. I'm not sure if it's a Nielsen score or something, but it, it's something. It's like a, it's short for cumulative something where there maybe. I'm not sure what that is, Chris. I, I really wish I could say, I think it's accumulated something. And it could be viewership and time viewed. It, there could be a whole lot of stuff because I think it's associated with newscasters. Right. If I remember right. But yeah. nearly everybody that's on TV for any regularity has a team score. Mm. So, so that they can figure out, you know, are, are we in the queue or not? I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. Are we in the medium? Yeah. Uh, you don't want to be too far off. I guess you don't, you will tear the narrative issue. Like, like uh, what's her name? I remember when she came on the scene, uh, Jessica, is it Jessica Fox in the Transformer movies? Um, Megan, 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 Megan Fox. Megan yeah, Fox. Megan Fox. Yeah. Um, man, I'm like, wow, look at that. I, was, I, don't, I don't even like I was 55 years old. 50, she doesn't 50. like men, though, I hear. Well, <laughs> uh, it doesn't matter. I'm like, they found her and they put her in that movie. So uh, guys like me go, wow, you know, <laughs> and they knew she would do that. So well, look who, now, who, who used to play with Transformers, right? Guys like us. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't. I was too old for that, but I, I certainly got the uh, what I got the play play value of it. I understood what. It well, was yeah. Playing. I mean, cars and robots. Come yeah. on, you come can't on, beat that. On, <laughs> car, car, yeah, robots. I, I guess I was past the robot stage. I I never really played with robots as a kid. Uh, I, I I didn't. In fact, I didn't ever even have a GI Joe doll. Really. Really. Wow. I guess my dad, I was deprived. I played you mean a G.I. Joe was, action yeah. figure. Yeah, yeah, you can call it whatever you want to. It was a doll. And this was back when they were 12, 12 inches tall, you know, these little bitty things that they got. Now. Oh, yeah, they're huge. Now. They were huge. I remember them. So We couldn't afford uh, G.I. Joe, so we yeah. ended up with Big Jim. Do you remember Big Jim? Did you ever no. see? <laughs> no. Big, was, he a, was he a stick with string? Yeah, it's basically very similar, very similar character, you know, had all sorts of, you know, buddies. They went out on missions. They had an airplane. Yeah, you know, all that stuff. Oh, we didn't have any of that stuff back then. We created our own stories. Yeah, yeah. We, di we didn't have the comic books. We didn't have nothing. I mean, our minds were creative. We had to create our own stuff. And this is why, I mean, back going back to my game of stuff, 
they will say boredom is the is the best thing you need you need boredom so you'll be creative oh yeah there's absolutely a, there's a belief of that so you'll you'll get creative when you're bored and, and that's exactly why kids, we have a surfeit like there's no creativity now because no one's ever bored that's correct that's correct yeah and i'm i'm seldom bored but the reason i'm seldom bored is because i got this dialogue in my head running all the time <laughs> Well, do you know there's people who don't actually have an internal dialogue? Can I you believe do, that? I do know that. Yeah. yeah. I, I, uh, the external, the, I won't go to Myers-Briggs, but they're, they're the people that are externally um, extra, I don't, extroverts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. They, they're so social that their conversation is whenever somebody else is listening to them. Right. So yeah, I totally believe it. And, and it's really funny because you said change your mind earlier. And I'm like, are you talking about opening your third eye or, or what are you talking about when you say change your mind? Because I, I remember this is one of those little things that happens in, and I'll never forget it. I was coming out of work there at CPMC in San Francisco and I'm walking, I'm like full force walking out. I'm in a hurry. And I forgot something that I had to have. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I did a 180. I mean, on one foot and was going back the other way. And there had to be somebody in, in, in the hallway. And I looked in and said, you know what happened? You know what happened right then? You saw somebody change their mind. And I've always remembered that. because And I'll say that. Oh, I've changed my mind where, where people can see it. Cause sometimes you change your mind. Nobody can see it, but that that's was right. one they can see it. You know, I, I bet he thought, what a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> but that happens. But you know what I was talking about for celebrities? I have, I've seen a number of them and they all have a specific body type, right? Yeah. They're all very, very similar. And they're, they're, they're small. They're like, they're, it's almost like a different race of humans. You know how the, in Lord of the Rings, he had like certain different races of right, humans right, right. And, and celebrities or most people who have been tapped to be celebrities like movie stars and, and, and actors and stuff like that. They all seem to have this same sort of diminutive stature. I mean, they're, they're very well-formed human beings, right? So they, they look good on the outside, but at the same time, they're not sort of, normal size they're slightly smaller than normal size i mean each and every one of these people who i've met who are famous always seem to be like diminutive i mean they're not short i mean they're well proportioned but they're small so they're like smaller than a regular human being and it made me think like you remember we were talking about lizard people right maybe maybe they're all oh boy okay you must (laughs) maybe they're all like (laughs) maybe they're all like uh bred to be like that so part of the selection theory where or maybe maybe if they're not bred to be like that maybe they're selected to be like that based on these criteria so like you're saying is like the reason why these people became successful became or turned into what they were is that they were looking the people who were watching for those types of individuals were looking for a specific type of individual like visually yeah they were looking at for a specific visually like appealing type of individual which fits certain parameters and they go okay that person is going to be uh, a success and this person's not because this person fits the parameters and this person doesn't so 
And a lot of times going to be a success we're going to promote them into a success exactly exactly Uh, basically that's what the disney things have been doing with kids for for decades yeah going back to annette funicello i'm trying to think of and tommy what's his name tommy tommy kirk but that's ob- that's obvious that that stuff's been going on forever, right? The whole studio system. Well, it and- wasn't until it, it wasn't it wasn't. I mean, I knew it was happening, but I didn't know it was methodical as it is. Right. I mean, it's a process. Uh, in fact, I was telling Rose, um, movie movie guys, that they almost always start off as villains. I mean, you mm-hmm. go back; they start off as villains and they become the good guy. Yeah. Uh, there's always, you know. Uh, and I'm thinking about Humphrey Bogart and Edward G. Robinson. I think no, no, Humphrey Bogart and James Cagney. Well, Cagney started out as a bad guy too, and you know he developed. He became. He was. He was so talented that it was hard to keep him down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he he would probably fit in that diminutive thing that you're talking about because he he doesn't. When he dances, when I see him dance, I'm like, okay, a big guy couldn't do that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of trickery involved in it. Like oh, when yeah, they're showing yeah. like somebody like Tom Cruise, who's a, a sh- extremely tiny, right? Right. And and uh, they make him look like he's bigger than he is, or he's taller than he is, or I'm whatever. I'm thinking but... the same way with Alan Ladd. Yeah. You know, they used to dig trenches, so or trenches, so the people he was on camera with would be in a little trench. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but this, so so a lot of it's preordained by how you look, right? And that's that's the first thing, particularly that in that industry. Particularly but, in that industry. But I think it's not just in that industry. I think it's I think it's generally like that too. I think you know how we we talk about racism and sexism, and people are dis- yeah. gris- discriminatory against you Nothing know certain compared to the, the thing. There's there's more out there. Well, there's um, it, the the shades of are are definitely more. So it's kind of like you're discriminating based on being outside of a specific kind of norm, which is appealing to everyone. Right. Right. So if you're outside of that, then you're not successful period. Or you have a hard it's time. Like yeah. much more yeah. of a struggle. So are you starting to figure out why we're sitting here on the phone? And no, that's exactly why millions? we're sitting here on the phone. <laughs> we, we didn't, that's we why didn't we're not billionaires, right man. We haven't been pre-selected. <laughs> We were pre-selected. We didn't kiss the right hiney, and I don't even know which hiney I did. No, no, no. But our, the hiney wasn't even offered for us to kiss because I'm sh- no, no. I think they looked that, at us I and said, "Okay, you, you, you guys do not qualify." Well, <laughs> we, we failed the qualification then, round. We we didn't even make it to the qualification round. That's not fair. <laughs> anyway, oh, speaking. So, oh, yeah. So sorry. So go ahead. changing your mind. Going back to that, so were you talking about uh, changing your? What were you talking about? He he's talking about changing your mind. So he's doing well. This. No, he he's always talked about food, right? His his thing right. has always been food, 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 food. And recently, he's been getting away from food and looking more into psychedelics. And mm-hmm. this book that he wrote was called "How to Change Your Mind," and it was all about the history of psychedelics and how psychedelics are starting to be used again to treat various things and. He was talking about microdosing and he was talking about psychedelics and he was talking about going through different uh, trips and, and, and trying all sorts of things. Some of the, some of it, which is sort of like natural, right? It's just, you know, the ancient Aztecs used some kind of mushroom and, or some kind of bark off a tree or whatever. 
uh, and they they would go on these these trips where they would hallucinate and and sort of create create new works based on that kind of thing. So that right. that's what the whole book was about. He was saying that so we're we're starting yeah. to see uh, these things coming back into the mainstream, even though they were kicked out of the mainstream for the longest time by the establishment after sort of Timothy Leary and all of those uh, folks from the sixties started using LSD and tried to make it a little more popular. There was this huge backlash against it. And now we're starting to see it uh, come back in small ways. So, so think about what was the huge backlash? What, I mean, was it death is usually one. I remember heroin, we, no, no, no. The huge backlash was just uh, don't do drugs. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, specifically on LSD. So I, I don't know. I don't, you know, I don't remember. I, I know he said that there was, the government was involved. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. They uh, were. They were and they're the ones you who seen, like pressed it. Yeah. You seen the experiment with the housewife that was on LSD? No, no. Oh, oh, oh. I'll have to find it for you and see if I can send it to you. Uh, is she they they dosed her and didn't tell her what they did? No, oh, no, so that's what they do a lot of times. But she's on there's on you can find a video of it, and she's like, and she's describing what she's experiencing. Mm. And it was, it was like, it's a very interesting thing. But the where I'm where I'm going, or what you're saying is remember, we we've talked several times how creativity is kind of stifled at the moment. Yeah, they got they got the doses with they're going to make it popular for us to get um, LSD so they can exploit the ideas that come out of it. Yeah. Or is that is that what's going to happen or they just want to keep we're us locked, in a we're drunken locked stumor. in a paradigm and we're locked <laughs> in a paradigm and we're going to use LSD or something like it or watch or whatever that stuff is. Our, but what's our the our so like the end game is having us all crouched in our homes, doing nothing, smoking pot taking LSD, playing video games, uh, not interacting with other people, getting our UBI, not working. Exactly. What's the, what's the, uh, well, what's the, the end game of that is we're going to slowly starve you to death. Yeah. And then don't, don't procreate because we want to reduce the population. So right. the depop agenda is, is all the way through. In fact, I was thinking maybe we should start another podcast t- t- talking specifically about the depopulation agenda because it's so broad or we could even pivot into it or have a segment every week on on depop because i think that's a i think that's a that's really happening across the board everywhere oh yeah right well so i'm i'm thinking i guess i've become a little bit more of course i'm like the 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 ultimate pre uh um depopulating guy i've never procreated my dna is never going to yeah you're the end Although you never know, right? You said there's a possibility. Well, there's so that did we talk how many about time, how many boys you got swimming out there? Did we talk about time travel here recently? I'm trying to remember if we talked or at not. the beginning of the show. We talked about time travel. No, not to, that's time. That's time as a unit as a metaphysic. Mm. I mean, time that is travel. True. No, well, we've talked about time travel in the past or in so, the future. Who knows? Did I talk to you about everlasting everlasting life? No, you didn't. What is that? That's my made-up term for something that occurred within the last couple of weeks where they talk about time travel. Everlasting light? Light. Light. Okay. So you go back. You, did we talk about we talked about the uh, Jacob, um, Jacob or Jason project, didn't we? No. 
the Jason project I, or the Jacob project? Didn't I get? Didn't I send it? There's a there's a, there's a link. Uh, if I didn't send it to you, I'll I'll try to find it again. And send it to you. It's the I think it's the Jason project, and it's about a. It starts out in the present now, and it's a little boy. And the next thing you know is his future self comes back to see him. And there's a there's they need they need his. They need his unreconstructed DNA to key into a starship. Mm. And so the, the thing there is it's violating all kinds of stuff that I've always thought about time is that you can't go back and meet yourself, essentially. Right. But it comes out that maybe you, you start this timeline and, you know, uh, I would do it different if I could do it over. If I knew what I knew now and I could carry it with me, I would always do it different. So put that in a movie. Well, there's you, there's you, the two theories of time, right? Well, yeah, but there's multiple theories of time. Well, the, 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 two, main, the, the two main theories are the multiple universe theory. And the, the second one is the sort of the time flowing like a river theory, right? Where you go back in time and you make a change and you do affect the future. Right. And then, or you go back in time and you make a change and all you're doing is spawning a new universe. Right. So, I mean, which one do you believe in? I think we spawn a new, new universe. Yeah, I know. That's the, that's the one. And the thing is, the thing that's funny is that that's the one that I think most intellectuals ascribe to because it's the most, it's the most, it's the most sensical one. Well, so right. let's let's take that. It's like we we can we can easily wrap our minds around the parallel universe concept because we don't really understand the the other one, like how it would actually work. I think we can easily figure out how the parallel universe concept works, right? Because you go back in time, you make a change, you create a parallel universe. That one is nothing like this universe. This universe continues. That universe continues. These are all all these universes are happening together and that's easy for the human mind to wrap itself around i don't know about that really that i can wrap I my mind around that. it i mean i can wrap my mind around it because i've been reading this kind of stuff a long time yeah i mean in science fiction and stuff um but the multi the way i understand the uh, quantum the quantum world works is every possible decision every possible decision is played out yeah Exactly. So, so there are an infinite every, there are an infinite number of universes. Right. Exactly. And, and that's I think that's the one that people have a hard time figuring out. How do you if you make this decision if you got if you get to a yes or no decision that's always that's the that's the breaking point. That's the decision. I do this or I don't do this. If that is and it drives people crazy when you ask them a question. You know, are you an introvert? Uh. That would be a no, <laughs> right? Yes. But the multiple, I, the problem with the multiple universe theory is that all time travel, all things that have to do with time travel, all the media that we show about time travel, people going back in time and changing history and and all that stuff, that would all be invalidated. Do you understand what the cabal has done to you? <laughs> what? What have they done? They they. Sold you on those on this time stream being one way. Okay. So the reason I'm bringing this up is a couple of weeks ago um, they were talking. Somebody somebody was talking about this, and it was a 
time is always one of those things. I'll spend a little bit of time, this study time. And one of them that they put out there was that you go back in history, in your, in your life stream, and you meet yourself, and then following what we just kind of talked about, you, you're, you, you continue until you, that version of you continue, your earlier version of you continues until they die, but you stem off from them and take off the other way. I'm not sure I'm saying that right, but you meet each other and you basically, they go off into the sunset while you continue to live and it's a younger you. You take your older self, you go back and meet your younger self, you transfer knowledge somehow or another, and the younger one takes off while the older one lives and just dies. But the one keeps, it's a continual, um, you continually reinvent yourself, I guess is, a, is a, probably the best way I can say it. But you're doing it with yourself. I don't know how to explain this, Chris. But if you go back in time. <laughs> I'm not so doing assuming, a very good job. Assuming or that, you would have okay. gone, oh. So you go so you're, you go back. I don't know if you saw the movie Looper, but it does a little bit of that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I got that. Too. Um, so you go back in time to warn your past self about something or tell your past self something. Or transfer knowledge to your past self. Past self. And that, but that will affect your future self. Right. So right. they're going to diverge. You're going to, you're going to live out your life as your future self because you're like 80 years old and you come back and find your 30 year old. No, but in the multiverse theory, you're spawning another timeline by doing that. But you're going, they happen anyway with every decision. And what you're doing is impacting what decisions they're going to make like a key juncture in your life. I'm, I'm I'm kind of ripping on this right now because I'm, I'm, I think about it, but I don't really express it. You go back and you make a key juncture in life. Yeah, and you've Weird created a new, you've created a second time, a, a different timeline. Right. So it'd be like Marty McFly going back after his mom and dad had kissed at the uh, dance center of the sea or the something dance, you know, because they're successful. They're not schlubs. They're successful and they, they love to play tennis and they love each other and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. That's a different, that's a totally different timeline. Yeah, it's it's yep. not the same timeline. So it's there's a multiverse right there, even though there. But kind the, of there's no guarantee. But there's no guarantee that your future self. So it's a be, different future self. Yeah, you can be. You can still fail, but if you've got a, if you've got, not if, when you have the multiverse to play with, you can get it right eventually. Right. But. But if the okay, multiverse, okay. Oh, okay, but if the multiverse exists, if there is an infinite number of universes, mm-hmm. then there are other universes that are running concurrently with this one mm-hmm. where we're both incredible successes and we are like movie stars. Yeah, I hate that. <laughs> just I not in this just not in this star. universe. <laughs> All I ever wanted to get was a standing ovation for something I did. I mean, I've had one, but it was a bunch, it was a bunch of kids for for uh, 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 take your kids to work day. Many well, years see, there ago, you I go. pulled you got it a off. Standing ovation for I something. I got my standing out. That's not exactly <laughs> what I was for, like a performance. I, I, you know. So, 
So I wanted to bring up another uh, another myth busting thing that's going on. You know, when when just... are people when are people going to realize that go going woke me, means going broke? When is that going to happen? Because we talked about Star Wars, right? We talked about Star Trek, yeah. And now the third one is Doctor Who, which has which has basically destroyed itself with wokedom, uh, starting one season prior to. Uh, Jodie Whittaker, who's the female doctor. I'm going to have to defer on that one because I'm not. I've not been a fan. Okay, I, well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you basically what happened. So there's. Uh, I know when, about the doctor. I mean, I know about. No, no, it. no. But, just, but this is so. What happened was they introduced a character named Rose, who was a blonde, blue-eyed female companion. When they brought the series back, when Christopher right. Eccleston was the ninth Doctor, they brought the series back and they introduced Rose, right? So mm-hmm. it's the 60th anniversary of Doctor Who coming up. And guess what they did? They brought back the Rose character, but they recast it as a, for a transgender male, a right. transgender female. And I thought to myself, and then they're writing all these gushing articles about how this person is so beautiful. And I'm thinking to myself, what the hell is wrong with you people? This person is not, is like so obviously male, so obviously ugly. There's no feminine appeal to this person at all. And I'm like, what is wrong with people? I mean, I, I mean, it's like the, the thing that Jordan Peterson tweeted the other day where there was a picture. What is it? The swimsuit edition. Have you seen yeah, the latest yeah, Sports the Illustrated one. swimsuit picture? And I haven't tweets, seen it, but I've heard about he it. tweets like, no, I'm sorry. This is not... <laughs> This this is not beauty, <laughs> no matter what you say. <laughs> so that so that whole you know, I kind of understand the body shaming thing, um, but in body proud, but what well, they they call it, they don't call it body proud. They body body something where they're they're proud of their body. You know, like you know, uh, they're fit. Uh, what am I trying to say? They're fit, heavy, heavyweights like they're football players. They're they're heavyweights. Yep. And I'm sure there's probably a supermodel somewhere that's a heavyweight that is really fit because just because you're a big person doesn't mean you're not a fit person. It just means that you're you're overly large. But the some of these women that have become body oh body positive, it's not body positive. Yeah. Yeah. That that they're using as an excuse for no discipline. I mean, they're, uh, you can look at them and go, pardon me. You can look at them and go, they're not going to be here in five years. Yep. They're, I mean, they made it this far, but they're like taking it to, there's no limits, that, yep. which goes back to something you and I have talked about is they're trying to erase limits, you know? So it's very, that, I mean, basically it's what I was going to. Is but the, we know that mind. the end state of intersectionality is that, there's there there's nothing for no one there's nothing well there's nothing except for one person yeah if it's all down there, to there will audiences be one, of one yeah because we're uh, hierarchies are natural and at some point there will be a hierarchy of the intersectionality and there will be one person on this planet that's the king of the world yeah you mean uh, the great maga king <laughs> i i as i was saying this i went oh boy am i gonna open up a can of worms <laughs> <laughs> there's a whole great MAGA king and the ultra MAGA 
That's the latest one. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, it's not Mega Maga. <laughs> no, it's Ultra Maga. Ultra Maga. So I think that's what I think that's what Biden said. I think he said something like Ultra Maga or something like yeah, that. And I'm like, I'm not, I, uh, I've tried to find that clip, but I can't find that. Clip. I read somewhere that they that they did that as a derogatory term. But it's like, are you kidding? It's, it's like <laughs> going to wear that with pride, man. That's like the deplorables. I mean, that's it's, it's like when she called us deplorables and people, boy, people picked up on that. Yeah, I'm a deplorable. They're this is why the left deplorable. can't meme. Why? Why can't the left meme? I think it's it's because they're generally humorless, right? Is that the reason? Well, their sense of humor certainly doesn't fit fit the rest of the world. Right. Um, I don't. I. I Considering they're, they're, they should be mean masters, they really should be good at it yeah. because they've been shaping narrative for a long time. But I think boiling down several, because memes are like, um, like uh, what am I going to say, puns. They're multi-meaning. They're multi mm. uh, homonym, homonym words and puns. Uh, I'm, really, I'm really good with metaphorical puns, but I have a friend of mine who's really good with homonym puns. Mm. And you, uh, I haven't talked to him in many years, but he would always put me on my game because I really have to think about what he's saying when he says it. he's really, really sharp about about that stuff. You just drop him in on it. If you're not tuned into him, you're you know, what do he say, and you're going to miss it. And it's almost always it's always always on point. But he's the only guy I've ever met that did that. Like I said, I'm metaphorical. I can work a metaphor pretty good, but this guy can. He the, he can put sounds together and make a joke out of it. Nice. And I, I'm I'm thinking that that's kind of where we need to get is you need to use all your brain, all your all your faculties. And you know, and they've convinced us that we've only got ten percent of our brain working at any time. Well, geez, that's the cabal telling us that. What if what if it's more than that? We just don't know how to access it. Well, you're not allowed to think with your full brain. You're only supposed to think with a part of your brain and you're only supposed to think what way they want you to think. But so they're, so back to your, your food authors experimenting with, uh, with uh, psychedelics, you know, we're, like I said, we're locked into a paradigm and we need, we need a way to get out of it. So we got a dimension that is going, is dying off. Uh, I think it's, it's it goes back. You kind of think back to the real um, one of my, the great. I don't want to say the great awakening was current, but the uh, the great revival. I think goes back to like the early 1800s or something, where when we re re reignited the Christian faith in America. I think if mm. I remember right. That's a that's a thing. But we go through. I mean, we got we go through. It's almost like if you go back to Jesus, Jesus was was breaking down the paradigm of legalistic. If you and if you if you think about it, legalistic at some point will fall in on itself because mm. it, it can't. You cannot maintain that forever, and so it's crumbling. I mean, you, you're starting to make legalistic arguments over minutia. They're not really differential in real life. Mm. One of my favorite, in fact, one of my favorite sayings is from a John Wayne movie. And we watched it just the other night. It's one of my absolute favorite sayings. I'd hate to live on the difference. 
<laughs> because there's really, I really, he's talking about two gunfighters at the time, and they're asking which one's faster. And I, well, I'd hate to live on the difference. And that's a <laughs> great saying because, well, that's different. And I'll look at them and say, I'd hate to live on the difference and yeah. remind them that they're minute, they're minute differences. Mm-hmm. What, what we think of is, the, the words are different and there's probably a lot of word space in between, but in, in the, in the universe and the actual uh, reality, you know how I love that word. Um, <laughs> objective, the objective reality is what I'm saying. Objective reality. Two, that's a thing. That it's got to be, it's got <laughs> to be because it's more than you. It's, it's another voice. You've got to come together and, buy into each other's voice. And that's why I think it's a powerful thing is that it's not, you're not lost up in fantasy world. You're not in a fantasy theme analysis in your head. That's, I mean, that's basically what you and I do is we come to an agreement every, every week we kind of flesh out what we're struggling. I don't want to say struggling, but we're curious about. Mm. Don't you think? Yeah. No, that's exactly what we're trying to do. We're trying to make sense of the world, aren't we? It's uh, sense well, at making. At some level, yeah. At some level, we're trying to create meaning. Yeah. Which is a big thing. Is creating meaning. Um, even even I, uh, you know, they they say, well, it's dependent on context. Oh, okay. How? How is it dependent on context? Please tell me how it's because it's not. It's it, it's words. It doesn't depend on context. Uh, you find one like I just did with the, I'd hate to live on a difference. It's a meme. It, mm-hmm. uh, I abstracted it from somewhere and I can apply it to many different uh, instances of something different. Mm-hmm. That's why people use quotes all the time. It's a uh, bon mot uh, is a good word. I think is what it is. Um, we find them and we like storm away and pull them out when they're really good, when it's appro- appropriate. You know, but do you think that? Uh, but does it actually change any minds? I don't think it changes any minds, but it, it allows you to skate free. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> this one of my favorite ones is when criticism is good to know, mm-hmm. right? When I'm from somebody that I don't know very well, and it's, well, you should do this, then that's the first thing they do wrong. So they shouldn't ever use the word. Should not ever use the word should because it's a great theory. That's the way I think of it. It's should is a theory. Should. Mm. It's, it is a theory, it, but it's not grounded in anything other than their belief system. And I'm like, okay, um, where am I going? Uh, should is living on the difference. I, I, and, and good to know, good to know is where I was going is. I use that all the time. It's good to know. What it means to me is I will, and this is kind of philosophical too. I, in the multiverse, the chances of me exactly repeating the exact same behavior is nil. Mm. Because it won't, I mean, it's, it's, there's no possibility of me doing the exact same thing every single time because somebody else, that's why context matters. Mm-hmm. but it's not that big a thing it's it's you know I, am i going to get the same effect well i don't know but i i'm going to use it because it's been successful in the past in other circumstances oh there there you go talking about time again yep 
Do you believe I can't that... get away from it? <laughs> so do are we all laboring under the false assumption that because something happened in the past, it needs to continue going the way it's going in the future? Oh. So that so now you're talking about precedent. Mm. And I, I so remember what I was talking just a few minutes ago, a legalistic um, mm-hmm. thing. Legalistic rep- rep- depends on precedent. Mm. I'm not sure why they put so much emphasis on precedent. I would think you wouldn't, you wouldn't, I guess it's a way to control. I would think that you would argue whether something is good or not, going back to, to Socrates, that it doesn't make they make legal points, but it's getting it's getting to the point where it's nonsensical. And are we laboring under that? Probably. Yeah, because we yeah. all we all feel that it's almost like if you think about someone's personality, right? People feel like, oh, this is this is me, right? I mean, based on someone, say say someone is an introvert, they they think, well, you know, there's I've got invited to this party, but I dread it because I, I'm an introvert and I hate going to parties, and this is something I don't before. But that's just something that you've done in the past. You don't necessarily need to continue that into the future, right? Well, for me, I, I back when I was drinking, I loved to go to parties. But right. when I stopped drinking, boy, oh boy, did it become an onerous thing. Uh, <laughs> well, part, uh, drinking is required at parties, isn't it? To be well, able to enjoy yourself? You can get there, but it, it, you have to really suck yourself up to it and know that you're going to have a good time. Yeah, uh, as an introvert, I when I actually went, I, I knew I was going to. I would, I would be glad afterwards. But prior to, oh god, man, you knew you were going. You knew where you were going to. <laughs> you weren't going to enjoy it. I, I, I was like, my mind got into it and was going to. We're not going to have a good time. You never have a good time. You hate this stuff. Which is true. I hate this. I hate small talk, even today. Mm-hmm. And 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 my friends, my my friends and family said, "Why do you say you're an introvert? You talk to everybody." And which is pretty much true. But that's how I came out of being an introvert. And and I would say more shyness, say social social anxiety and shyness. The introverts thing that's never gone because I always will choose to recharge over in hanging out by myself than hanging out with people to recharge Mm -hmm. back in my drinking days that's what i did because i was so tired of myself but i at a certain point i got comfortable with myself and i can be by myself all the time yeah so so you actually went from being an extrovert to an introvert no i went to being a drunk introvert (laughs) (laughs) there there's a big difference there Wait yeah. a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So, so you, but you were enjoying yourself at parties because when you drunk. were drinking, because you were drinking, yeah. right? But All then sudden, when you stopped drinking, that you didn't, you stopped enjoying yourself at parties. Uh, when I stopped drinking, I had a hangover, right? <laughs> no, but I mean, like, like what? Did, I had to, some, so let, I know we I, only I, have like two minutes left, so okay, so let me I guess we, if we I can't, answer your question, okay. When I stopped drinking, suddenly all the all the stuff that I had repressed with by drinking, all the inter, all the stuff that I'd I'd done back then was not available. Mm. Like you're like you have a pattern when you drink. You're you can be social or not social or something like that or gregarious. I'm 
I guess I would be more gregarious now that I finally learned how to do that mm. and get away with it. Mm. Um, and I will tell you where that came from. That came from effects um, oh, art. Oh man, was that was the one that totally eliminated any kind of inhibitions I ever had. And that was my antidepressant. I begged them to put me back on it. Please. <laughs> what was it called? Let's see if I can get on this thing. <laughs> yeah, is my anti is my antidepressant effects or and I would say anything. I mean things I would have never said. And two people I would have never said it to. So as, as you know, my friends in, in NASA come, this is during the stage, just because you think it in your head doesn't mean it needs to come, rattle. Just because it rattles around in your head doesn't mean it needs to come out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. Okay. That was true. Cause I mean, there it is as a thought, let's throw it out there, you know, and see what happens. By the way, if you are looking for work, you can put down, you can put down that you're disabled if you if you were ever depressed. I'm, I was so, diagnosed, so I'm. I've so if you were ever if you were ever diagnosed as depressed, you can actually put that down as a as being disabled, and it might get you a better chance of getting a job. I know okay. we can we can't put down that we're Hispanic or black. How do you black do that or, on a resume? <laughs> you don't. You do it when you're applying. Whenever you apply to a, anywhere on online nowadays, they always ask you, are you black? Are you white? Are you right. female, male, you know, transgender, whatever? And then they say, you know, are you disabled? And one of the disabilities is depression. So you can actually use that to your advantage to try and get a job. Anyway, I got to go. Okay. Okay. Good. <laughs> right, sir. I will talk to you next week. Okay. I'll talk to you later. Yeah. All have right, a good bye. one. To be continued on the next episode of Oddly Incorrect.